Well, in my household, we seem to have very interesting conversations about things with our children pretty often. And uh, yesterday, we were driving in the car, and somebody, and I don't know why, this was the middle of the day, somebody said, when's the next full moon? What are we talking about? Why do we know? Why do we care about this, right? And I thought in my mind as I started to go through, I don't really know when the next full moon is. I didn't know when the last full moon was, and I wasn't keeping track of it. But then Josiah, now that he's six, right, pipes up and says, it's Monday. Like, okay. (laughs) What? Why do you know this is Monday? So he is fascinated with this calendar that he has by his bedside. And every day almost, he looks at it and he marks days off. And of course, he checks out all the people's birthdays and the next school days, because they all have, during their school days, they've got, I don't know, day ones and twos and threes and sixes and all the rest of it. And he knows which days are which. Uh, he He looks for special days and holidays. But on the calendar is the phases of the moon, which I never look at. But apparently he is keeping close eye when that, cal- when that calendar tells the next full moon. So he said Monday, and I'll bet you he's 100% right. Well, that is, because I was out last night, and that moon is close to full. I was out wandering a little bit last night, late, and, and the sky was clear, beautiful. And I looked up because I, I went out to walk it to, up to my barn and I noticed the ground was really well lit and it was, it was late. It was probably 9 o'clock or 9.30. And then I said, wow, the moon must be really full. So I started looking up. And when I looked up, it is one of those things of wonder when you look into the sky. When you're out at night on a clear, uh, plain night, no clouds, and you look up into that sky, and you see the stars, you see the moon, it is a wondrous thing. No, No wonder that people have looked at that sky for thousands of years and just sat and stared at it. It's beautiful. It's unique. It is. It seems so distant, and yet it seems like it's your own sky, your own personal sky. It's a strange thing when you look at it. It's so scientific. People spend their lives looking at these crazy stars and and taking photographs, and the closer you get and the bigger pictures you get, the more colors and and different things you can see and learn about it. So scientific, and yet it is so magnificent and mysterious when you look at it. The sky is an unusual thing. And I was thinking about the sky, the stars, and the moon. I thought to myself, what would happen... If there wasn't a star, a moon in the sky. What happened if God just had light in the day and it was complete darkness at night? That would change the whole feel 
of what it was at night. It would take away the beauty and the mystery. It would be dreary and gloomy and dark and hopeless almost. Just black. Psalm, let's turn to Psalm chapter number 19. We're looking at Psalm chapter 19, verse number 1. Psalm 19, verse number 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Talking about the heavens, talking about the stars and the moon and the sky, it doesn't matter which country that you are in on the face of this earth. We've all seen the stars in the sky. Your perspective might be a little different from where you are, and yet the stars that you see and the things that you see are all the same. As you look out and look across that sky, it's quite an amazing thing. It speaks to every person in every language around the world and says, that was created by God. Well, it's no wonder that God chose a star. A hope in the night. Right? He said, in the midst of the blackness, I'm going to put something up there that gives you a tiny bit of light. Now, for ages, as long as people have tried to get around on this earth, they have used the stars to guide them. Right? You go out in the middle of the ocean... There's nothing else to guide you. You don't know where you are, except for that. The stars have been constant, and they give you that hope that something's out there. People have wished on stars, right? Falling stars and all the rest. They've tried to, because it looks so magical up there. But today we're going to talk about a Christmas song that talks about a star, a hope in the night. And when God brings this star, he chooses to illuminate through this star and show people the way, show people that there is a hope. All right? So we're going to talk about the song, Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. A beautiful song. And it's one that you hear sung every once in a while. Um, we do it here every year. Usually Rosie sings it. Um, and we enjoy it when she does. This song is something that speaks about stars in the sky. All right? So let's go to Numbers chapter 24. We're going to tie this together. We're going to show you before we get to that song itself. Numbers, we have to do a little background work here. 
Numbers chapter 24, verse number 17. Numbers 24, verse number 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. This is a promise made early on. Okay? Early on to the people of Israel that there would be a star coming. All right? A new star. That was the hope is that there would be a new star. And when that new star came, he would be powerful. Okay? A hope. In other words, that, that light in the darkness. That word hope, that keeps coming up, that hope. That's what God would bring that star. So we made a promise there would be a new star. And the new star came along, of course, when Jesus was born, is when it first appeared. Now you could say, well, I never heard of a new star. That's because you probably never read many science journals. There are new stars that do appear. They are not necessarily brand new stars that pop out, but they burn brighter and then burn dim again. Okay, so for those of you who say, well, that doesn't make sense with science, well, then you ought to maybe read a little bit more because there are new stars that brighten up and become visible to the naked eye and then actually dim out again. It's happened in history. So this star representing, this star represents Jesus' birth, okay? Or the promise that he would be born and come as a savior. And when he came, he would do two things. He would crush Moab and the sons of Sheth. Now this prophecy came from a man named Balaam. Who had a little checkered past at the time, okay? But God still brought the message. It was God's message. And at the time, the Moabites, or the people of Moab, were, were the enemy. They were the people that rejected God outright. And so what he said was, when this star comes, he will crush the Moabites or the people of Moab, the people that don't believe in God, and the sons of Sheth. Now, there's lots and lots of things that people say about this. Um, essentially, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. One, of course, uh, Cain killed Abel, and then they had another son named Seth. Okay? He was a good man. So it's odd that they would say he would crush the sons of Seth, which is the translation in it. But when you look back, I mean, all people, essentially, most everybody comes out of Seth. That's all of us, right? But the name Seth, 
because this was a time in which Adam and Eve's life was very tumultuous. The name Seth means tumult. It means that there was a rough time there. A time where there was a battle and a fight. Okay? So the sons of Sheth are the sons of tumult. This is what the star will crush. The rising star crushes the sons of tumult. Or in other words, those people in the human race who will not accept Christ. Those people who will not have God. He will bring victory. He will come and he will take out the evil forces. He will take out those who would not embrace God. You say, well, doesn't seem like it worked, does it? Because God has had this plan all along. And we certainly could use some of that, right? These days, it seems like we could it'd be nice to get rid of a lot of people who have ill thoughts towards people, evil thoughts. But God has had a little different plan than that. That's his ultimate plan. We end up there. But God has a pathway to get there. So, O Holy Night is the song, as we look at this plan and the star, as we look out into the stars and God's promise, I'm going to sing the first verse uh, that we just talked about, and you hopefully will see some of the tied things together here. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining, It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks the new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices, oh, night divine, oh, night when Christ was born, oh, night divine. God's perfect plan. (laughs) In God's perfect plan, He came down to this miserable state of a dark world. He said, I'm giving hope, shining a light, becoming a star in the sky for you. You can say, well, we live in a dark world now. What does he know about that? I'll tell you what Jesus knows about coming into a dark world. King Herod was a man that lived 
at the time of Jesus' birth, King Herod was an evil man who grasped at his power at every single moment that he could. He was frightened and afraid that people would take his power from him. So he had a family. Sounds familiar, huh? He had a family, children, and a wife. And over time, he started to become suspicious of them. So he killed them all. Every one of them. He murdered every one of his family members so that he would not lose his power. And by the time... Jesus came along. Of course, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And these big kings from the east show up in King Herod's palace and say, Hey, we're looking for the new king. What new king? Well, we've seen his star. He's got a star. And we've come to worship him. He's born in Bethlehem. Here he is. We've been following this star for about two years. That's when it first appeared. We finally have gotten to where we know where we're going we're gonna to find him somewhere. Have you heard of him? Nope. But whenever you find him, you let me know. Now, King Herod is, of course, devising a plan to destroy Jesus. That's what he wants. He wants to destroy Jesus. And so what happens is King Herod is frightened... And he says, now you go out and you find him. And when you find him, you come back and tell me about him. Tell me where you find him and, and what he's like. I, I want to go worship him too. Of course, he had no intention of doing that. His plan was to destroy him. Now, God shows up in a dream to the three wise men and says, don't go back by King Herod. And so they find a new way home. I don't know whether they do it under the cover of darkness or not, but either way, they leave King Herod hanging high and dry. And his evil thoughts, his evil thoughts immediately go to, I cannot have an heir that will challenge me. So I don't know who this is, so I'm just going to kill them all. So he sends out, he sends out his soldiers day and night. They walk through the town of Bethlehem and all the areas around and they kill every child that is under two years old. Walk into your house and kill them. You think we have evil in our day now. We have seen nothing. Jesus is born into this. So let's turn and see where the story takes us into Matthew chapter 2. As we read that, Matthew chapter 2, verse number 10, we'll pick up where the wise men see this star that's risen Okay, chapter 2, verse number 10 of Matthew. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise! And take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And and was there until the death of Herod. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked, of the wise men was exceeding wroth, and set forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, a lamentation and a weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. It's a tragic end to all of these children's lives, and we see what happens. But we know that Jesus comes in the midst of this during a time when there is great evil, and they are, he's being chased after. And he's getting up in the middle of the night. Joseph says, we're going right now. Let's go. We're leaving. Middle of the night. Wakes up Mary and says, I just had a dream. We're out of here. Let's get Jesus and go. He's running for his life. They had to stay in hiding in Egypt until Herod died. Jesus knows. Jesus has lived through these things. And he came to this earth To live through the hardships that we lived. The ones that we have. That's why Jesus came. And this is the second night. The second verse of O Holy Night. Led by the light of faith serenely beaming with glowing hearts. By his cradle we stand. So led by light of a star sweetly gleaming, here came the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger in all our trials, born to be our friend. He knows our needs. To our weakness is no stranger. Behold your king before him lowly bend. Behold your king before him lowly bend. And Jesus came. To help us. He came to live that life. To know the hardships we go through. But the light of Jesus still shined through the darkness. That was what he was here to do. 
Jesus' purpose was to destroy evil. And no plan, his, his plan was much better. So let's turn to John chapter 3 as we see what his real plan was. Yes, he was going to avoid Herod, and he lived a hard life. But in John chapter 3, we see what his purpose is. John chapter 3, starting at verse number 16, the most quoted verse probably out there. And we'll read on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. This is Jesus' real plan. You say, well, he's come to crush the sons of Sheth, right? We're going to get rid of evil. Take out evil in this world. Yes, but if he just came and did that, guess what? We wouldn't all make it. That's just the truth, right? We wouldn't all make it. I remember I was at Rhonda's house years and years ago, and I had came home with her for something, and, and we walked into the house, and I had to get something from her. But she said, I have to do something first. It was around Christmas time. She walked up to the very front windows, and she had these little candles in the windows. And they were um, battery-operated ones, so she screwed all the light bulbs in across the front. And I thought it was a strange thing that she did first, since I came there to get something from her, and she was going to help me. But what she said to me is this. I gotta make sure people know because Jesus is the light of the world. It was important. We want to show it. Always make sure it's important in our lives to let other people know. And there are many people in darkness today. Many people. Many people we know. Friends, family, close people to us. People we love. There are many people out there. And they are in darkness as we all once were. Enslaved in the darkness. So let's think about these times. The times when we go out and go shopping or go and do something and, and the world's all changed around and we can't do the things the way we always like to do them because it's our tradition. Let us take these times especially and make sure that we are shining that light to those people around. Showing that Jesus is light of the world. 
It is the season when people need it the most. When they feel the most lonely. When they feel the most without others. And boy, isn't it true that there are more people separated than ever before. So take that time to shine like the stars, right? Give a little hope. Show that Jesus is real to you in your life. Because those people that are in the darkness, whether they're our family or some stranger that's angry with you, those people are our brothers and our sisters. They are all in the very same boat that we were in before we met the Lord. We're all in the very same boat. And so we finish up this song with the last verse of the song. Listen to the words as we shine into the world. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord, oh praise his name forever, his power and glory evermore proclaim his power and glory evermore proclaim so off we go into the world to shine Jesus light let us be that person Let us make sure that we go out and show the light of Christ. Just like the song says, proclaim his holy name. Be kind, friendly, loving, and peaceful just as Christ's plan was. Christ's plan was not just to destroy the people. It was to bring every one of us that would listen to him. That's his plan. And we're part of that plan. So let's care Show the others all around us all that we can. Christ is the light of the world. And we want to show them that. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you. You are dismissed.